Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, everyone. So I want to go back in time a little bit. Let's go back four months to Easter Sunday. Think back to that moment when you first got to partake of that one thing that you love so much, but you decided to give it up and sacrifice it for 40 days of Lent because you love Jesus. Now, remember that moment. For me, it was when I got to have carne asada fries again. Now, if you don't know what carne asada fries are, you're totally missing out on the best food on the planet. You got French fries, you have thinly cut steak that's been marinated and grilled, topped with cheese and sour cream. It's just amazing. It's this wonderful, awesome, savory goodness. It will clog your arteries, but your taste buds don't care about that. Now, I only ever let myself eat carne asada fries twice a year, once on my birthday and then once on Easter Sunday. So I'm a Byzantine Catholic, and traditionally for our fasts, we fast from meat, dairy, fish, oil, and wine. And so for my Lenten fast, I typically just, I'm at the point, like, I can't do all of that at once. I'm not, like, spiritually mature enough to fast so rigorously. Um, But, you know, like every Lent, I build up a little bit more. So for the last two years, I've definitely been fasting from meat and from dairy, And so, of course, when the day comes when I can have meat and dairy again after 40 days, the only way to do that, the only way to break that fast is with carne asada fries. And so where was I after Easter Vigil? I was in the 24-hour taco shop getting my all-time favorite food. Because, like I said, there's no other acceptable way than to have meat and dairy together except on carne asada fries. But back to that moment. Remember that moment. You know, it's Easter Christ is risen. You're totally in celebration mode for sure. Part of that is due to the fact that you made it through the great fast. You made it through Lent. There's a little bit of victory there, and rightly so. And I think St. Basil of Caesarea says it the best when he says, Fasting gives birth to prophets and strengthens the powerful. Fasting makes lawgivers wise. Fasting is a good safeguard for the soul, a steadfast companion for the body, a weapon for the valiant, and a gymnasium for athletes. Fasting repels temptation, anoints unto piety. It is the comrade of watchfulness and the artificer of chastity. In war it fights bravely, in peace it teaches stillness. Oh, my favorite line in there is a weapon for the valiant and a gymnasium for the athletes. St. Basil totally cracked it open right there. Like he just did like a mic drop and just walked out of the room. Like, really, there's no nothing left for me to say. We might as well just wrap it up here. You know, that's it. I've never heard a better quote on fasting ever in my life. But why are we talking about fasting anyways? It's summertime. We don't have Lent for quite some time. But in the Byzantine tradition, we fast four times a year. We fast uh, for Advent. We fast for the Great Fast, which is Lent. We do a smaller one-month fast for the Apostles' Fast, where we celebrate um, the feast of Saints Peter and Saint Paul, and then we do the fast of the Dormition, in which we then celebrate the Dormition feast, which is also 
um, coincides with the Feast of the Assumption in the Western Roman Rite. And basically for the Dormition Fast, this is what we have coming up in August. So we're focusing on the eternal hope of heaven, right? So Mary, the Theotokos, the God-bearer, her life was completely centered on Christ. And when she dies, she's taken into the Trinitarian embrace. And so for us, we hope for that as well. And so that's our, our focal point during this fast. And so, like I said, with the Dormition fast coming up, it's only two weeks in August, but I have to gear up for a fast. I, you know, I have to like mentally prepare, emotionally prepare, and spiritually prepare as well. And so I've been praying about fasting and the power of fasting. And I don't know about you, but somewhere along the lines, I've been conditioned to see fasting as a penance, as like a payment for my sin. And though fasting is like a penitential practice, it's so much more than that. It's an opportunity for us to cooperate with God's grace. Fasting, it disciplines our body in order to discipline our soul. And discipline is where we get disciple, right? And we're all called to be disciples of Jesus. So like, again, I know last week we did a connection between body and temple. And this week it's kind of like a connection between like the body and soul. I didn't design this. This is all the Holy Spirit. You know, he's a sneaky little one. But I think they just like gel so well together. You know, this topic and last week's topic. So when it comes to fasting, it's okay to not give your body everything that it wants. It's actually even good because when we experience hunger during fasting, it reminds us of the hunger that our soul has for the Lord. Fasting, it frees us. It frees us from our passions, you know, and some people get weird about this and they just think like, oh, Catholics think the body is bad, blah, blah, blah. And that's not true. So it frees us from our passions, you know, from our flesh. Not that it's bad, but that it won't rule over us. You know, our passions and our flesh shouldn't rule over us in our decisions. But not only does it free us from this, it frees us for something better. It frees us up for prayer and for worship. It gives us more time. It gives us this freedom. And if you remember in the episode we did, um, Knowing God as Father, we talked about not being slaves, but being sons and therefore heirs. And so we're made for freedom, for spiritual freedom. And if you don't remember what I'm talking about, or you haven't heard that episode yet, go back and listen to it, Knowing God as Father. Fasting really is a brilliant way to discipline us. So we need food, we need sleep, right? Those are basics. So when we have discipline with food, we can have discipline in all the other areas of our life, making us more geared towards focusing and centering our life on Christ. You know, like our last episode on the temple, we need to focus on Christ. And so if we're able to discipline our life when it comes to something as basic as food, we can discipline the rest of our life as well. And without fasting, our spiritual life, unfortunately, will always be mediocre. You know, our passions, they will rule over us. Uh, when it comes to temptation, I mean, you might as well forget about it. I mean, your poor guardian angels working overtime anyways. I know mine is, you know, when it comes to temptation, they're just like, I need reinforcements. You know, my, my person isn't disciplined enough in order to cooperate with grace to fight these temptations, right? And we want to be saints. So we want to be able to fight temptation. We want to be able to have authority over our bodies, right? Our flesh. And more importantly, we want to be able to have such a close union and intimacy with God. 
But in order to do that, we need to spend more time in prayer. And so fasting, yes, it's both a bodily and a spiritual practice. We work out our spiritual athleticism. So there's so many benefits for us to fast, right? How do we practically do this? We don't have to wait for Lent to fast. If you want, you can join me and all the other uh, Eastern Rite Catholics in the world who are going to be fasting from August 1st to August 14th. Um, And then we can feast on um, the Feast of the Dormition or the Assumption, whichever one you celebrate. Or you can start by fasting on Fridays. Now, it's been a custom of the church from the beginning to fast on Wednesdays and on Fridays. And in the U.S., it's, you know, it's up to your bishop, really, to decide whether or not you um, abstain from meat on Friday or if you fast on Friday. But if you don't, if that's not a requirement in your diocese, I would recommend praying about the possibility of making that part of your spiritual practices to fast on Friday. So when you fast, how should you fast? So before we even go into that, I have to give the disclaimer, you know, you need to work out your fasting with like a pastor or spiritual director or like a doctor if you have any sort of like medical conditions. This way, you know, everyone's safe and not passing out or, or, you know, endangering themselves. But so maybe in your diocese, there's you already fast from meat or you abstain from meat on Friday. Okay, well, maybe kick it up a notch and do no meat or no dairy. And you might be like, Rochelle, that sounds great, but I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan. I don't eat that anyways. Okay. I mean, you can modify fasting. There's no like black and white way to do it. And that's why I say, you know, to make sure that you're in dialogue with the pastor or spiritual director, to make sure that you're doing something that is a discipline, that is gearing you towards disciplining your flesh in order that you can have um, a more disciplined spiritual life. And so if you're vegan, you know, you can always go one meal a day or, hey, it might be kind of crazy, but if you like caffeine, if you like coffee or tea, you might skip that for the day. I don't know. That might actually be a bad idea if every Catholic out there who was addicted to caffeine stopped drinking coffee or tea on Friday. I don't know. Just put it out there. However you do it, the point is that you pick something to do and you start small and then you increase whatever discipline it is that you're doing. And you do this through prayer and you do this under the advisement of a director or a pastor. And when you do it, it's helpful to not think of it as a drudgery, as something that's just like the worst thing in the world and your day is ruined. My husband always reminds me of that scripture verse in Matthew, where it talks about um, not fasting like the hypocrites. And what it says is, When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by the Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And this always reminds me that there is reward in fasting, right? It's not a transaction. Like, I'm not fasting in order to get something from God. I am fasting in order to discipline myself, because fasting makes the feasting, right? We're feasting on the rewards of spiritual discipline. And when we have spiritual discipline, we can fully live out the fruits of the Holy Spirit of God. So whatever you do, just do you. Like, Don't worry about what other people are doing. Keep your eyes on your own plate. As one of my friends so sweetly says, because it's about cooperating with God's grace to learn discipline over the flesh so that you may become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Through this ancient practice that has been a staple in the church since the beginning, You can totally transform the world by transforming yourself. And the next time you're in Mass, 
and your tummy starts to rumbling, just remember that your soul is rumbling and longing for God so much more. So if you like what you heard today on Clumsy Theosis, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. If you've already subscribed, tell your friends. Regardless, tell your friends. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, go ahead and do that at Clumsy Theosis. It's been wonderful, everyone. I don't know about you, but this episode went by pretty fast for me. (laughs) Until next time, stay hungry for Jesus. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.